15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Our first reading is from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord to his anointed Cyrus, whose right hand I grasp, subduing nations before him, making kings run in his service, opening doors before him, leaving the gates unbarred. For the sake of my people Jacob, my servant Israel, my chosen one, I have called you by name, given you a title, though you knew me not. I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God beside me. It is I who arm you, though you know me not, so that toward the rising and setting of the sun people may know that there is none besides me. I am the Lord. There is no other. The word of the Lord. Our second reading comes from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of Thessalonica. In God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, peace and grace to you. We give thanks to God always for you, remembering you in our prayers and unceasingly calling to mind your works of faith and your labor of love and endurance in hope of our Lord Jesus Christ before our God and Father. Knowing, brothers and sisters, loved by God, how you were chosen, for the gospel did not come to you in word alone, but also in the power and in the Holy Spirit and with much conviction. The word of the Lord. be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? 
Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays for the census tax. They handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that he said to them, then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. A little background first about Isaiah, Thessalonica, and then we'll go to the Holy Gospel where Caesar and God are featured. Cyrus, I, I don't want to label people, but imagine that infamous leader in the Middle East that was assassinated a while back. You all think of his name or more than one, maybe. And he was assassinated, okay? So his name was in all the newspapers, and he was, regrettably, assassinated with a lot of bloodshed. And everything associated with that name was also involved with bloodshed and destruction and, and pain. Now, imagine if we gathered together and we prayed for one another, and I invoked his name as a special messenger of God. Think of the irony of it. Think of the, the ajah that it would create among us. Well, that's what Isaiah is doing. Cyrus was a tyrant. He was a, a conqueror. He was not a gentle person. He was not the good shepherd. He was, in their perspective, awful. However... You know, two wrongs that make a right. He conquered, he's in Persia, Iran. He goes and he conquers the north, Babylon. Those people in Babylon who are Jews and who are there because of their isolation and their, their withdrawal from their own country and in slavery, he frees them. It's okay, old Jews, go back home. And not only does he send the Jews back home, he builds a temple for them, the temple that was previously destroyed by, by the Babylonians. When I went to Vietnam, I saw a beautiful country <laughs> that had been rebuilt by American and allied money after the Vietnam War. My opinion, war is so stupid. It destroys and knocks people down for no reason, hardly. So let's go back to Cyrus. And this evil guy, and I'm not going to label him, the scriptures do that, the history does that, the Babylonian uh, laws do that very well, and he says to the Jews, go back home and I'm going to rebuild your temple besides. Wow! So Isaiah uses a name that you and I know is referring to Jesus Christ alone toward him, and he says, Cyrus, my anointed one, my Messiah, it has to ring in our ears that something's weird here. It's like calling the devil the Messiah. And that, that's what he does today in the scriptures. And he says, I grabbed you by your hand. 
And then, of course, he tells all of his, his feats, his accomplishments, kings and all that. Even though you don't know me. That's a key, too. And again, I, Isaiah is inspired by God when he's writing this, this scripture. And he's speaking on the behalf of God. And he's saying, I'm the only God. There, there are no others. You've got gods in Babylon. You've got gods in Assyria. You've got gods all over. There aren't any more gods. I am the only God. And the only God is grabbing you, Cyrus, by hand and leading you. What was he leading him to? Well, he was leading him to the end of the, the Babylonian captivity of the Jews. He was leading the Jews back home. He was leading the Jews to a new temple. So the joy experienced by the Jews on behalf of Isaiah is, is unbelievable and it's kind of weird because it's joy in Cyrus who, for lack of a better word, is a murderer. So you've got a little irony there. But keep that in mind because God can do wonderful things for those of us who have faith, even in bad times and in bad situations. And to, to reinforce that, we have, this is the opening letter of Paul to the Thessalonians people of Thessalonica, which is northern uh, Greece. And he thanks them for being such supporters. And he closes just the opening with, our gospel is not just word. It didn't come to you just in word, but also by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he thanks them for their prayers and their actions. Now we're building up a, a, a crescendo here of theology and a faith, faith in action. And then we get hit by the Herodians and the Pharisees. The Pharisees and Herodians didn't like each other at all. They were enemies. They thought differently about the temple, the covenant, and so on. But that now they're in cahoots. All the evil ones got together, and they're going to trap Jesus. So, the coin. Before you, we look at the coin. The coin had an, an image of the emperor. The emperor, whose name is Caesar, Caesar, son of God, son of the Most High. That's what it says on the coin. And as Jews, their mandate, first commandment, is not only can't they not adore any other gods, but God, Yahweh, but definitely not make an image. If you go to a temple, a, a Jewish synagogue today, you, you'll see beautiful decorations around the, around the ark, around the, the, the covenant area, the whole temple, beautifully decorated, but never an image. Never an image of a person or, or, or an animal. They take that first commandment very seriously. We as Christians shy away from that because of Jesus. He's God's image in the flesh. So the, the rules change with Jesus. But they hold that first commandment very tightly. No image of God. And yet, bingo, they have an image of God on their coin. And they have the coin in their hands. So they're blaspheming the covenant. Now, what was the, what was the tax all about? Well, Romans were horrible people in a sense. They were good leaders. But again, good news, bad news. They incorporated every culture into their own. You could be part of our culture, 
but you've got to follow our rules. So we're not going to destroy you unless you get a little out of hand. And then eventually in 70 AD, they do destroy Jerusalem and, and the temple and all that because they kept rebelling. What were they rebelling against, the Jews? Taxes. They had a tax for their daily wage. They had a tax for uh, cloth. They had a tax on their food. They had a tax, uh, taxes coming out of their ears. And they hated the Romans for the taxations that they had to go through. And, and the irony is they had to pay the tax using the Roman coins. So you got blasphemy going on, you got idolatry going on, you got taxation going on, and we all know what taxes are in our own lives, so we won't talk about that. Now, some people interpret that gospel like um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the idea of Thomas Jefferson, separation of church and state, give to God what is God's, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. I think it's about conscience. I think it's about conscience. I think Jesus is asking us not to separate church from politics or the state, but with our faith in God, don't, don't forget, go back to Thessalonians, using the faith, doing something about what we believe, standing up for what we believe, and really acting on the word. So I think today's Holy Scriptures give us an opportunity to sit back. Here we are in a political climate of elections coming up and, and, and Facebook and Twitter and all those other sites talking about this candidate and that candidate. We as Catholics in a, in a, a government that allows religious freedom um, are being challenged. Our religious freedom is being challenged. Because religious freedom doesn't mean gather and come to church and say mass. That's part of it. Religious freedom is being able to leave our church, go out there, and be in society a person of faith. So religious freedom means speaking up for what is right and just, and we can't convert the whole world yet. Our goal would be that, certainly. But speak for Christian values and the common good. So this, this gospel challenges us. That, Wait a minute. I, I want you to be good citizens. And, you know, hey, listen, you, you, you voted for this person or you're going to vote for this person. And you're going to be, how can I say, um, dealing with the ramifications of it, both this party and that party. So think about your position in the ballot box, whether you're mailing or checking or whatever you do, however you do it. Think about your position as a Christian, as a Roman Catholic. And I don't have to preach the Roman Catholic theology on life and, 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 and dealing with the poor and justice. You know that, and if you don't know it, go up. Go on Google. Go, go on the Catholic sites. Find out what the church says. And I don't mean the church out there. We are the church. You and I are the church. What, do, what is my, not Louis Scurdy's, but each one of us can say to ourselves, what is my attitude on life? What is my attitude? Authentically, not my selfish attitude that if someone gets too close to me, I'm going to push him away, but my authentic attitude from my Christian education on life on love, on liberty, on justice. Don't wait for the Pope. Don't wait for the bishop. Don't even wait for the pastor to teach you. Learn. And if you don't know it, the teachings, raise your hand. Go to church. Go speak to Father Baker. Speak to the Cardinal. I don't care who you speak to, but be educated. That's what we're being challenged to do. 
Jesus is saying, give to God what is God's. And our consciences are God's. Oh, oh, we're Americans, but we're free. We're free thinkers. Yes, of course. Thank God we have this portion of the world that has that as a philosophy. The separation of church and state, which is not separation push apart. It means the church and the state have their own integrity. We're not a monotheism. We're not a theocracy like the Jews were. They were a theocracy. Their politics and their faith in God were wrapped up in one. And that's why they could authentically listen to Cyrus's role and say, oh, God pushed Cyrus. Yes, we as Roman Catholics believe God's finger is in everything. But we have free will. And an informed conscience should encourage that free will to stand up for Catholic values, Christian values. And the, Jesus is sort of tickling our conscience today. And say, don't be bad. Well, we're in America, so I'm going to use that. Don't be bad Americans. You're members of the United States of America. Those of you who are citizens and those of you who are working toward your citizenship, and we welcome you. Don't be bad citizens of your country because you don't like this leader or that leader. Don't be a, a, a scandal to your country and the integrity of your country, burning, destroying, mocking. No. Support your country. We have a system, democratic system, says voting. We have a constitution. We have the Declaration of Independence. Use it. Be wise. Read it. If you don't know what it is, read it. When people are being uh, questioned about their role as justices, listen to that. Listen to the answers that person provides. Because if he or she is lying, someone will say, you're lying. But if they're telling the truth, then they're representing us and our interests as Americans, as members of the United States of America. But when we are Catholics, alongside being Americans, we have a whole new, refreshing way to look at our system of government. So when we go into the ballot box, my conscience as a Roman Catholic has to be with me. I have to say, what am I doing? How, what am I saying to the world by voting for this person or that person? What am I saying about my understanding of his or her politics? Am I saying I just don't care? Or am I saying, oh, I don't like that person, so I'm going to vote for X, Y, Z, just because uh, it's there. No, this is a sacred and wonderful democratic opportunity for us as Americans. Hey, some people don't have that vote. Some people in, in, in socialist countries huh, vote. You can't even speak out. So we, we've got a good deal going here. We've got a good gig here in the United States. I don't know why we were born here. And, and those of you who are from different countries, I don't know why you came here, but you do. My parents do. My grandparents do. They know why they came and struggled to stand up. They know what it meant to live in a very, very integrated neighborhood. And they didn't care that their next-door neighbors were African-American and Latinos on the left side. We had, we had an African-American church on our block. We, 
care. No, they were, they were different. Maybe we weren't educated enough to really appreciate the differences and, and glorify the differences. That's why when I went to ministry in the college, once a month, we had a celebration of mass of a different ethnic background. We had African-American night, we had Latino night, we had Italian night, we had Slovak night, we had, we had them all. And of course, what brings people together more than food and music? So we had music from those various cultures during the Mass. And the food, I had to say, only because I'm prejudiced and proud, the Italian food was always the best. Ah, uh, well, we could talk about that later, but oh, my don't know me. You couldn't beat it. Anyway, people used to come, and you couldn't fit more people in the chapel. Those are the days before social distancing. You couldn't fit more people. We had a door like that that opens, and I'm so glad that door is open because it can obviously accommodate more of us. And people were packed in. And you had this person bringing his favorite dish and her bringing her favorite dish. And all of us lining up after Pemanjada to eat. Um, I got off the subject, but not really. Because it re reflects our integrated society. It reflects our differences as well as our similarities. As American Catholics. Jesus is asking all of us today. You better give to God what is God's. When you vote, you better be representing God. As you understand in an informed conscience God to be. And be good citizens. I'm very proud to, to stand up and pledge allegiance to the flag. I can remember growing up in Jersey City. We used to have the Italian feasts in downtown Jersey City. And on the last night of the feast, they were usually extended weekends. The bandstand would play the Italian music, and they would play uh, patriotic music that, that was from Italy, and then they would play the Star Spangled Banner. Everyone, no one told anybody, everyone stood up. I can remember my father with me on his shoulders, putting his hand over his heart and saluting the flag that allow him, allowed him and his ancestors here on these on these shores, in this land, allowed him and his ancestors freedom and the opportunity to work and improve and send their son to college. He, yes, he saluted the flag and there was no doubt about it. He was an Italian-American full, full through and through and proud of it. And every one of us should be, and, and most of you are UN-related people. So wh whatever country you're, you're from, your country of origin, I'm sure you bring that pride with you where you go. And we welcome you as Americans here. And I do only because I'm working here and leading the word here. I welcome you on behalf of our pastor and our church to your church, your home here. Our conscience is being challenged today. Give to Caesar. Give to e pluribus unum what we owe to e pluribus unum. But give to God what is God's. Mind and heart. Hands and soul. Work and prayer. He's the Lord, and there is only one.
you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.